stakeholders and community members from the Amojis Lake community, our board members, our senior staff with the Abletrov Department of Health, our health professionals, and our visitors who are here with us today to join in our groundbreaking ceremony for the introduction of our 75-bed recovery and care treatment facility. We are joined today by the following representatives from the uh, provincial government. Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, Dan Williams. <laughs> Minister of Indigenous Relations, Rick Wilson. <laughs> Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, Mike Ellis. MLA for Carson Sixika, Joseph Scow. Minister Newdorf, who has joined us uh, today as well. Pinakwe and Tail Feathers, our counsel for the uh, Blood Tribe, uh, uh, Chief and Counsel representing Chief Fox. Derek Fox, our CEO with the uh, Blood Tribe uh, Department of Health. We are extremely excited that the introduction of the 75-bed recovery facility has become a reality and will create a better future for our people in regards to recovery and hopefully a higher quality of life. It would not have been possible without the support, initiative, and shared vision expressed by our provincial government. Your commitment and your recognition of the importance of addressing the opioid crisis, which affects the health and well-being of all persons across the country, and your rapid response will continue to have a positive impact on the lives of our young people and to our communities is remarkable and priceless. Our provincial government has made mental health and addiction a priority, a mandate to create awareness, influence change through policy, and drivers of social change. But we all have a stake in the opioid crisis. The community voice and action is just as important, if not more, if, if not more so than ours. It's often been said it takes people to fix people, not systems. We need everyone's support to change the direction of this opioid crisis, to change the status quo, and to provide our community with some reason to believe that there is hope for a better future when we all work together. We all know how much this matters. It matters because our young people, our loved ones are suffering and dying at an alarming rate. It matters because children are being left without families. I think it's important to start with remembering loved ones we lost, the reason why we are here today. Today is about making sure that we come together and that we can make sure that we all do our part. Today is about listening to the voices of all people the most vulnerable, the ones with lived experience that, can, that can, can support and educate us. And I want to acknowledge so many other partners from other jurisdictions who are here to celebrate with us. I'm so pleased that there are leaders, grass, grassroots organizations, first responders who play the most important part in saving lives. There is power in collective action, a spirit of mutual aid, and it's embedded in a deep sense of compassion and a reality to support our people at all levels. On behalf of the Blood Tribe Department of Health and our chair, Chairperson Martin Heavyhead, 
who is not here with us today. I want to thank our provincial partners who have shown leadership in taking the call to action to assist and support the blood tribe through the state of emergency on the opioid crisis. Welcome to everybody. So with that, I'm going to ask our drummers to provide us with the flag song. Welcome to the media. And I, I, I see that we have representatives from our federal government as well to here with us today. And we have so many other dignitaries that are here with us today. Thank you all for coming. So with that, drummers. Thank you, uh, drummers. So at this time, I'd like to invite our Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, Dan Williams, to come up to the podium to share a few remarks. Minister. Well, thank you very much, uh, Charlie, for inviting me up. And thank you, everyone. Today, I'd like to uh, first thank uh, the Blood Tribe for inviting us all onto Treaty 7 territory, the ancestral home and traditional gathering place of the Blood Tribe to mark this very historic occasion. And thank you, of course, to Elder Mountain House for the prayer and, and blessing today. Uh, Blood Tribe has a rich and deep history, and it's important that we conserve and preserve that. And it's important to me as Minister and the Government of Alberta that we do that. So thank you to that. It's an honor to be here with my partners in the Blood Tribe. And for our host, of course, uh, Charlie Weaselhead, 
who is former chief here and also chief, uh, former uh, Grand Chief of Treaty 7. He's also currently the vice chair of the Blood Tribe Department of Health and the vice chair of my uh, recovery expert advisory panel. So it's very good to see a familiar face here today. Of course, I also want to thank Council Ta Councilor Tailfeathers, the representative for Council and Chief Fox here today. Thank you very much um, as well. Uh, the CEO of the uh, Blood Tribe Department of Health, Derek Fox, as well. Thank you. All council members in attendance, and of course, the community members as well. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. And thank you to all my colleagues, ministers. Of course, we have the Deputy Premier, Minister Ellis here. Uh, we have Minister uh, Rick Wilson. We have Minister Nathan North, and of course, your local MLA and Minister of Tourism and Sport, Joseph Scow. Very grateful to have them all here with us on what is a very important and historic announcement today. Uh, and it does speak to the importance that this government puts in this partnership and in this community and in this recovery uh, approach to care uh, to respond to this deadly disease of addiction. So today we're celebrating the beginning of the construction of this recovery community that will one day stand tall on this very site behind us. The connection that the Blood Tribe members have with the land is sacred and we plan to honor this connection through a new facility. From the design of the building to the treatment and the healing that takes place inside of it. As shovels hit the ground today, we're kicking off the very start of the construction that will soon be this place of healing on Blood Tribe territory. The construction of this new facility comes at a time of even greater awareness than ever before of the devastating toll that the deadly disease of addiction is having on Alberta and Albertans. Addiction is a complex issue, of course, and requires a coordinated response across government ministries, departments, but between all levels of government, healthcare providers, first responders, as uh, Charlie mentioned, law enforcement, First Nation leader partners, as we can see here today. This crisis has reached every corner of our province, and we cannot ignore the fact that Indigenous communities have been disproportionately affected, and the devastating toll it's taken on them is more and more evident. We've made significant strides in responding to this crisis, but we know more needs to be done when it comes to, uh, to community uh, and recovery. Access to land-based, culturally integrated addiction treatment services is often limited or missing completely. And that's why our government is stepping into the void that is left by the federal government and partnering with First Nation communities to establish holistic addiction treatment facilities on First Nation lands. The Blood Tribe Recovery Community will be the first of four that are going in this model of building alongside First Nations, collaborating with First Nations. Recovery communities in Enoch, Cree First Nation, are already started um, in the planning, and Tutina and Tixeca were announced earlier this month and will follow soon after Enoch. The breaking of this ground today is important, significant milestone in our community for both partnership with the Blood Tribe Nation and also a sense of the progress that we have as a province and as a society moving towards recovery, holistic healing for those who are addicted. The 75-bed recovery uh, center, the Blood Tribe Recovery Center, is supported by capital investment of $30 million, alongside with operating funds once it's up for uh, the, the beds for those, 20, uh, for those 75 beds, and will hopefully be operational uh, by the end of 2024. This unique building design is the result of extensive consultation with the Blood Tribe leadership. The space has been selected specifically by them in terms of land location. The design itself was extensive. And we work from the very start so that they're able to accommodate cultural uh, healing and ceremonies, including smudging, dancing, drumming, and of course, hosting large community gatherings as well. In the coming months, we're going to work closely with 
community leaders to incorporate this land-based holistic healing into the treatment programming itself. Recovery communities are an important part of what is recovery-oriented model of care, the Alberta model. They offer holistic long-term addiction treatment centers that help address every part of an Albertan's life struggling with addiction as they are healing and recovering. That's because addiction doesn't just impact one's health or one's well-being. It damages relationships, it affects a community, it affects work, and it erodes a very person's sense of self and connection to their community. Recovery communities are the response. Recovery communities give people the resources they need and the tool that they have and time to focus exclusively on recovery. Unlike most other conventional treatment centers, Albertans can stay up to a year in the supportive environment at no cost because the government has removed all of those. Wild Blood Tribe Recovery Community is being built to support community members and other Indigenous struggling with addiction. Non-Indigenous Albertans will also be able to re receive treatment here as well. Once the facility opens its doors, up to 300 a year will be able to get the life-saving treatment that they need to battle with the disease of addiction. Our government is unwavering in our support and goal of bringing recovery to every single Albertan in need. There is hope of coming out of the destitute and hopelessness of recovery. There is hope in what can happen with treatment, and there's a life afterwards. Anyone that is struggling with addiction, know that Alberta is, be Alberta is behind you, and we want to make sure that you receive the support and care that you need. Because of this, Alberta is leading the way to be able to support recovery-based care. This groundbreaking on the new Blood Tribe Recovery Center makes us one step closer to achieving our goal, making sure everybody in this province gets the care they need when they need it. Thank you very much, and I'd like to invite up my colleague, the Minister of Indigenous Relations, Rick Wilson, to bring some comments as well. Okay, this is a great day. I'm excited, this is so amazing. Uh, thanks uh, for the introduction, and uh, uh, thank you, uh, Elder uh, Mounting Horse, for the prayer, for starting us off in a good way. It's always good to start with a prayer and, uh, and remember the Creator on a day like today, because it is a beautiful day. Thank you so much. What a celebration. How about these drummers? Where's that young guy that was singing? Was he not amazing? Hey! <laughs> He's going to be a superstar, that guy. So this is a celebration for our work to advance reconciliation. And I've been so proud of our government around our work with reconciliation. And you can see by the number of ministers here that we take it seriously. And thank you for everybody coming today. This is amazing. We want to support Indigenous-led solutions to addictions and mental health issues. And in terms of reconciliation, we brought the best we have to offer for our communities, our planning and our perspectives. We've also united to create innovative solutions that are gonna help support our communities, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. I'm also proud that Indigenous-led solutions to care will also help benefit every patient in terms of mind, body, and soul. Indigenous ways of knowing the stories and the culture they're important and they're unique and will help them on that road to recovery. I wanna thank everyone for helping to turn stories of addiction into future stories of hope and healing and the culture for the community. Every goal, every plan and every conversation we've had together has brought us to this day. So thank you everybody for all your hard work to advance reconciliation and to improve the support for those who need it. My uh, 
My Blackfoot friends taught me sugapi. It's a good day. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being here today to witness this momentous occasion for the Blood Tribe. Again, uh, Chief Makinima uh, asked me to be here today to represent Council. <clears throat> it has been 10 years since the Blood Tribe declared a local state of emergency due to the sudden increase in opioid poisonings and deaths. At that time, we had assembled a team made up of our Blood Tribe police, EMS, doctors, health professionals, social workers, and council. I would like to acknowledge those first efforts and collaboration to tackle this crisis. It has been a long and hard battle for our people. We recognize that drug abuse, um, we recognize that drug abuse is only a symptom of a much larger issue and that we need to address poverty and the inequalities and trauma our people face daily and treat the root cause of addiction. We need to find our own path to healing. Every one of us in this community has suffered trauma, grief, and loss of life. Many continue to work valiantly through that. Every family has been affected. Every generation has been affected. And our people are in pain and this facility is much needed. The Blood Tribe looks to lead the way, as we always do. Programming designed by our people, for our people. We have our, our own medical professionals, our own healing practices, and all of our spiritual ways are still intact. This expansion of our services is much needed, a key component in healing and providing another level of care. We hope to see members leave this facility ready to live meaningful lives and gain employment and join their families again. We have, always we have always attempted to maintain good relations with outside governments, both provincial and federal. Our main objective is to be successful and move forward in a positive way. So we welcome partnership and collaboration to improve the quality of life for our people. We look to the future with optimism and hope and we recognize this is going to take hard work. There is no one solution to the challenges we face as a nation, but we are capable and we are ready. Thank you. Um, Again, before we get started, before I share a little bit, can we have a, a moment of silence for all of those that we've lost and we're still uh, losing members and for their loved ones that are grieving today. Again, it has been uh, ongoing and again, further supports needed. Thank you everybody for coming. The Blood Tribe is appreciative of the government of Alberta for investing in a recovery community here on the Blood Tribe, specifically here in the Moses Lake community that will assist the tribe and community deal with the uh, addictions crisis we face, especially in light of the states of emergencies 
that have been called since 2015 that uh, Councillor B. Nuckwiam has spoke about. We are appreciative of the government's commitment to help us provide hope for those battling addictions and strengthening our continuum of care. Hope for those battling addictions first with a successful Bringing the Spirit Home detox program supported by the, the, the province of Alberta. Rooted in the Blackfoot way of healing, which aims to improve the health of the community and to reduce health inequities for our most disadvantaged and vulnerable, and vulnerable members. We have worked collaboratively, collaboratively with the government of Alberta since the commitment was first announced and we would like to thank members of various teams that have helped us get to this point. Our team would like to thank Kevin Whip, Executive, Executive Director, System Design and Monitoring, as well as his team members, Charlene Stayberg, Rebecca Devlin, Noreen Ali, for their hard work and, and continued support again very appreciative for the support that we have um, uh, obtained to this point. I would like to thank the Board of Directors for their vision and guidance to our team at the Blood Tribe Department of Health. Uh, present today, Jerry, John, Charlie, and Binakwiam as well. Rod uh, can't make it and uh, a Chairperson Martin uh, was not with us today as well as Maria Russell. We want to thank um, Chief and Council for this parcel of land as far as allotting to us for this important initiative that we're undertaking. We want to thank our other uh, partners, First Nations Inuit Health Branch. We want to thank Alberta Health Services, the South Zone, for the uh, unwavering support in helping us address the issues that we face. On behalf of the First Nations in Alberta, we are supportive of all efforts that have been made by the Premier and this government to develop Alberta's recovery-orientated system of care for mental health and addictions and for working collaboratively with First Nations to ensure a culturally appropriate response. I would just like at this time uh, to thank um, the resilience of our members, our elders and acknowledge as uh, the journey they've been on, uh, the, the experience of trauma, the experience of addictions. With that specifically, I want to thank my father, Anthony Fox, for being here today. I would like to thank my uh, late mother, uh, Teresa Fox, uh, for the guidance, for the resilience and their love they've shared. And this is what we carry today. Thank you. <clears throat> So at this time, I'm going to invite Elder Black Bloom to come up to, to perform Blessing of the Ground and Smudging uh, Ceremony. Uh, so if I can get Binakwiam, Minister Williams, Minister Wilson, Wilson, Minister Ellis, MLA Scow, and Derek Fox to move into position for the uh, saw turning. Board members, if we can stay behind the uh, podium, and I'd also like to invite Minister Newdorf as, as well, too.
Now, if we don't have enough shovels, I, I brought my old traditional one with me. And then you're at three, two, one. Three, two, one. Thank I'm going to uh, sing a praise song for my brother Tatsuki uh, and all the hard work that they've done and for all of us here we're going to, I'm going to sing a praise song for everyone here oh. Oh. 
time I'm going to invite our elders, Minister Williams, Minister Wilson, Minister Ellis, uh, Minister Newdorf, MLA Scow, to exchange the gifts and do a photo op for a couple of minutes. So if we can have uh, preparation for our, our gifts. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, Minister Wilson, on behalf of the uh, Blood Tribe Department of Health and our all of our associate partners. I'd like to present you with a penalty blanket with the logo of our Blood Tribe Department of Health for all of your support and uh, wisdom in guiding uh, us to this uh, day. Thank you very much. Mr. Wilson, Hello. on behalf of the Abad Tribe Department of Health, we'd like to give you a penalty blanket with the logo again. Thank you for being here with us to celebrate this occasion. Thank you again. Minister Ellis, if you can step forward on behalf of the uh, Blood Tribe Department of Health, I'd like to gift you with a penalty blanket with the logo for your commitment and your support uh, during the last few years. Thank you very much. <laughs> Minister Newdorf, if you can step up, step up to the plate. <laughs> On behalf of the Blood Tribe Department of Health, I'd like to gift you with a Pendleton blanket for your support and your wisdom, of course. Thank you very much. Emily Scow, if you can step forward, I'd like to uh, present you with a gift from the Blood Tribe Department of Health for your support. And of course, uh, 
good uh, help from your department. Thank you very much. Our elder, uh, Patrick. On behalf of the Blood Tribe Department of Health, you are all the work that you do, not only for the Blood Tribe Department of Health, but for all of our community. Thank you very much. Thank you. I just slapped our ear with the sweet breath. I'd like to ask Elder Arnold Mountain Horse. Okay, I'm going to finish the talking now. On behalf of the Blood Tribe Department of Health, Elder, for all your support uh, for our community, uh, including the Blood Tribe Department of Health. Thank you very much. Okay, if we can get our traditional dancers uh, to come forward and provide performance. Okay. Go ahead, uh, drummers. If we can get all the ministers, the speakers back up behind the podium, uh, we're going to move now into the media Q&A. All right. We're going to start with, uh, with questions here in person. Uh, we got a media mic on the far side of the cameras. Just be cautious of the cables. Um, if you can first start your name, please, please state your name, 
uh, your outlet, and then your question. Uh, we'll do one question, one follow-up. Uh, Eric Bay with uh, Global News. Uh, this one would be for someone with the uh, blood drive. Not too sure who wants to take it, but uh, it was mentioned obviously that this uh, recovery community will have a, a big holistic approach. I guess, can you just give a few more details as to what that will involve and why it was so important to include that here? Sure, I'll start with a bit of a primer and then I'll invite up uh, Chief Weaselhead uh, as well to give some comments if you'd like. So first of all, um, we are proposing and have been proposing uh, holistic, not imposing, uh, this treatment from the very start with blood tribe partnership is the way we want to go about this as a government and uh, I want to thank um, a couple of people right away and first I'll start with my my colleague to my left um, former Minister of Mental Health and Addiction Alice now Deputy Premier for the work he's done getting us to this spot uh, which has really allowed us to set the ground so that we can have this sod turning today and start construction and built the relationship needed um, the nature of recovery centers and community is exactly that community it's not individuals, and it's not in some sort of void. This is a crisis. The deadly disease of addiction is affecting Indigenous communities disproportionately, and that's true in Blood Tribe, which is why our partnership with them has been working directly with their senior leadership, with their council, with chief, with their public health, to make sure that we are partnering in that holistic way that works with their traditions, their culture, their customs, because there's no way to do land-based healing without choosing the right site for the land, without the programming integrating into that. So um, I'm, I know that Chief Weaselhead, um, who is very involved in this space outside of his work previously as Chief and on and the um, Department of Health here uh, on the recovery advisory panel that I have. Uh, so I'll let him maybe give some more comments as to what that looks like. Chief? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, working with the... Uh, provincial government with regard to the Alberta model, you know, uh, we've created quite a bit, bit of flexibility to introduce our own Blackfoot way of healing and treating our, our people. It's not a new model. We've always exercised our traditions along with our elders participation and our family unit uh, to come together. And that's what we're doing presently and currently right now. We're gathering all of that information, you know, because we know that one person you know, through addiction, we need to take care of the whole self, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So we will incorporate uh, some of our own uh, teachings, our whole own healing methods, and we will integrate with the uh, West Western model, you know. So I, I think that's the complement uh, that we have with the uh, Alberta model. We really respect the whole notion about a recovering model because it aligns with who we are. We believe that family and community, all of our people, have to be involved in this holistic uh, way of treat, treating our, our people through this addiction. Thank you. And did you have a follow-up, Eric? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I'm not too sure if this would be for Minister Williams or maybe Minister Ellis, but uh, we just saw the Red Deer recovery uh, community begin accepting uh, clients here a few months ago. Might be early for, for results at this point, but I guess at this stage, are you kind of what do you expect with that, or I guess how's that operating so far? Yeah, great question. Um, we did see the Red Deer Recovery Center come on. I think uh, throughout these last few months, they've been scaling up. The nature of recovery community center with community at the center of it is you can't just put 75 folks in those beds immediately. 
there's a nature of building a community and there's there's stages and classes almost as they go through it so uh, we started off with a smaller number somewhere in the 20s i think it is this i think some point this month of july we're getting up to 30 some in there with more folks coming in and building that sense of community so that there's direction and leadership um, from the, the individuals in recovery themselves so i've been there visited um, it's really wonderful to see the sense of hope they have i spoke to one gentleman who said he thanked me um, deeply uh, and his eyes tearing up because he wasn't able to get into recovery before. He didn't have, you know, the, the, the system was tough to navigate. There was $40 a day minimum. He didn't always qualify for the welfare um, and, and the supports. And so this was easy for him and he, he'd never had the chance before. Uh, and he was praying that he makes it through all the way to the end. But he thanks me. He believes that that recovery center is saving his life. Um, so I'm, I'm very optimistic of, of what's gonna happen in Red Deer. And I'm optimistic what we can do across the province. This is one of 11 here we're building right now. Uh, and every one of those 75 beds, every one of those 300 spaces in a year is another life that's been damaged by the deadly disease of addiction. And it's now being repaired. It's being reconciled in a way that's got hope in it again. And that's what I wanna do here with this community integrated with the local culture. And do we have another question here in person? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Murray Valley from the Temple City Star. Um, could somebody describe for us uh, just what you know daily life looks like for someone attending the recovery center and uh, maybe the process by which somebody does uh, achieve recovery? Right, great question. I'll say I haven't had the lived experience myself, uh, but I'll give you my understanding um, in, in my experience interacting with folks that have been through recovery. The nature of recovery center uh, is one where you come in and it becomes a home of a sense for a while. And, and these recovery centers are not short stays. They're capable of having folks up to a year, right? And we know for folks at the lowest recovery capital, those who have had difficult crisis in their family, maybe lived trauma, maybe multi-generational trauma, um, dealing with mental health issues concurrently, poverty, no family supports, they need more to be able to get to a spot where they're able to recover holistically. And it's not just about the physical health. Um, there's an aspect of who the person is that's being you know, rehabilitated, made whole again uh, in relationships that, that they restore with others, with themselves, to be honest. There's a, an aspect of getting people ready for the outside world. They do work on our recovery centers where they're going to be plowing uh, and shoveling walks in the winter. They're going to be involved in a lot of the actual maintenance, upkeep, and even the food involved. Um, and there's a sense of looking at those who have gone before you that are still in recovery and having them help mentor you through for sure. Um, so this idea of recovery is, is recovering a whole person. The disease of addiction is one disease with lots of different substances, of course. Um, but the nature of that disease is one that requires some yearning for, for made whole, being made whole again. And that's what these recovery centers do very seriously. And it can take anywhere from with higher recovery capital, if you're in a better spot, uh, maybe a few weeks um, to get through that recovery. Uh, or it could take uh, it could take a few months, but that's just the treatment. Um, those who have gone through recovery talk about being in recovery their whole life. That disease of addiction is something that they're always aware of, uh, and is is perennially something they're cognizant of. So, so living out that, that program, working in that program, is really important for folks who've gone through recovery. Um, but it's a place of total hope. And I went to uh, a graduation ceremony of a recovery center in Calgary would have been, I think, last week, week before, and I've never been a place more filled and charged with energy and hope and optimism. So it's, it's really a wonderful space to be in when you're going through that recovery. 
Did you have a follow-up, Marie? Sure. Is it? Uh, would you describe it as a graduated um, program where the intensity of uh, intervention changes over the period of attending the, the facility? Well, I mean, I think it's graduated in that there are different steps as you go through it. Again, I'm not speaking from my own lived experience here, but my understanding is that as you go through it, there are different phases you go through in different aspects, emotionally, psychologically, physically. Of course, before you start any treatment, there's going to be a detox that happens before that. Um, like the detox the beds that we provided here, uh, as, uh, as Dennis mentioned, as well. So, Great. yeah. Thank you. All right, let's jump on. Oh yeah, sure. If, if oh, we'll just let um, we'll let uh, Minister supplement. So just just remember, everybody heals at their own pace, and that's what's going to be what's different about these recovery communities and treatment centers. Um, you know, some of the anxiety that people face that are on those 30 and 60 day programs as they get close to the end, they're like, well, what's next? And so I want you to picture this as a journey of wellness, right? Where somebody starts from a position of of sometimes where they're in need of, uh, of help with the, with the illness of addiction or a combination of uh, mental health issues, and then they go on that graduated journey, right, to where they're exiting the system in a better place from which they started. So in that system, um, they are going to get treatment for their, their, the complexities of the addiction, the mental health. They're going to be, as, as the minister indicated, they're going to be part of a community. To understand some of these folks, at all, but some of the folks that may have been living on the streets for a number of years, as an example, some of these people need to learn how to live again. They need to learn how to make a bed, you know, to have a cup of coffee, as an example. And, and that's what they're going to be provided. So that journey may take as long as it's going to take. And some people may be there for a year. Some people may there, be there for a year and a half. But the point is, is that when they exit that system, they're going to be in a better place from which they started with ultimately the hope of a, a job as well as a place to live. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's jump onto the phones. Uh, operator, can you put through our first caller? Our first caller our is first Dean Bennett. Uh, can press, please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, it's a question I think for Minister Ellis, maybe Minister Williams. I'd, uh, can you give us, give us an update on the Compassionate Intervention Act? Um, who's taking the lead on that? Um, do we expect legislation to be ready for the uh, fall session? And what uh, what challenges are you finding as you as you dig deeper into this issue? Thanks for the question, Dean. Uh, it is going to be my ministry uh, that I believe will be tasked with this. Of course, mandate letter is not yet out, but um, conversations ahead of the Premier's office. We're looking forward to getting that mandate letter, and including. A Compassionate Intervention and Recovery Act as, as a part of our legislative response to this. Um, when I get that mandate letter, I'll be better poised to be able to speak with you uh, and, and let everyone know where we're going to step forward. Right now, uh, obviously, the last couple of weeks have been busy getting member uh, memorandums of understanding signed with Tutsina, um, of course, with Siksika, uh, and then obviously this sod turning. I'm going to Lethbridge here right away to open up uh, that recovery center. So very much focused on getting these out the door, getting them as far along as possible in the process so we can get as many folks into treatment as possible. And hopefully we'll be turning attention soon. Um, and I'll be able to give you more of an update as time goes on and I get that mandate letter with what the uh, Compassion Intervention and Recovery Act is going to look like. Do you have a follow-up? Thanks. Yeah, it might be premature as well, but uh, Minister Williams, are you looking at any other uh, you taking the lead from any other jurisdictions and how they've implemented similar uh, type of legislation? I guess what, what uh, just to sort of give us a sense of what the, the bill might look like. 
Yeah, it's going to be Canada-specific, of course. We have our own uh, jurisdictional, legal, and constitutional heritage uh, and norms, uh, and obviously our own laws here. So it's going to be um, focused on Canada. We have our own culture as well, different from other jurisdictions. Um, so I don't know if we can look at legislative examples from other jurisdictions per se, but maybe as a model, there are certain American jurisdictions where we have taken some parts from. I know the Premier before has mentioned Massachusetts. There are other American jurisdictions that have aspects of our Alberta model and this continuum of care that they're carrying over. Obviously, Portugal has done a lot, and we're, we're very interested in continuing to work with them. Uh, we're obviously in touch with a number of the folks in Portugal that have worked on their program. So we'll be investigating exactly how their system works and what we can find that would work within a Canadian context um, for Alberta's purposes on an Alberta model and the Compassionate uh, Intervention and Recovery Act. All right, uh, one more check on the phone for any questions there. Uh, there's no one else in queue. All right, and any questions here in person? All right, that wraps up today's event.